Craft beer lovers and brewers like you and me are looking forward to safely enjoying a beer together in tap rooms across the nation and the world. Know what else we can look forward to this year? Brewery DB, the industry's only professionally curated source of brewery and beer information, is unveiling an all-new platform for brewers and fans of craft to find the ultimate brewery experience. Brewery DB is the most complete database of breweries and beers available. More than a million craft beer lovers visited breweries in 2019 after searching for and planning their visits at brewerydb.com. Breweries can get in front of craft beer lovers looking for a cold one by going to marketmybrewery.com and creating a profile. Craft beer lovers can follow Brewery DB on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn to get the latest updates on the new platform scheduled to launch early this year. The best part? It's all free. Good Beer Matters shares the stories of craft and culture found in every glass. And I'm excited to announce that the Good Beer Matters podcast and Brewery DB are collaborating this year to help you get to the bottom of it. Visit us at goodbeermatters.net and brewerydb.com to finally have the experience you've been missing. I'm Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters. You know, the brewers and the ingredients manufacturers were all celebrated. But yet all of us on the marketing side, where was our recognition? The thought behind so much more than what's in the can has evolved. And it's, it's really interesting to see what the next big thing's gonna be. Craft beer may be big business, but it also employs art, design, and stories. Every year we celebrate home and commercial brew with awards, but what about the artists and the storytellers? My next guest is one of these designers and storytellers who set out to honor the people who make our beer look so good. I've studied, traveled, and tasted my way through some of the best beer the world has to offer. Over the past few years, I've also spoken to beer industry leaders from around the globe, and one thing is certain, the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. There's a story of craft and culture found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoy episode 67 of Good Beer Matters with Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. My very next guest coming in here, this is a topic that is is uh, of, of immense interest to me, the whole uh, side of telling the story of the beer that we love and the breweries that we love and the brewers that we love. And, um, and when I first learned about, about what you guys were doing, um, I kind of got a little bit uh, giddy. So um, I welcome you guys to the Good Beer Matters podcast. Will you guys please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your background in the beer industry? Sure. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. I'm Jim McCune. I'm a co-founder of the CBMAs, which is the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, and I'm here with my co-founder. Hi, I'm Jackie DeBella, co-founder of Craft Beer Marketing Awards as well. So we're both in the beer marketing business. Uh, We have been for quite a long time. Um, I've been in the business since 1997, and we have helped a lot of breweries along the way with their marketing and design and 
we decided uh, last year to create the CBMAs and they were uh, developed to recognize and award the very best marketing in the brewing industry uh, this year across the world. So this allows breweries, their agencies, artists, marketing partners, really anybody with uh, beer-related marketing and design work to compete. Well, and, let, and this and, is a one. Sorry, Jeremy. No, that's this okay. This is the one um, awards competition in our industry that's not just about the liquid. It's about you know how you're selling your liquid and how you're getting your story out there. So it's it's a super unique opportunity for everybody involved on the other side of beer. Oh, and and as much as I love beer, I also love a good story, and I love I you know I love uh, the branding that goes into the packages. But um, I, if it's all right, uh, Jackie, I want to start with you. Uh, dive into sure. a little bit more about your background. How did you get into the beer industry? How did you get into the marketing side of things? Sure, um, I've always been in the marketing and PR world. Um, I used to actually work in the wedding industry and found myself working with all the sponsors um, that we could get our hands on in the beverage world, um, which gradually turned into my passion for craft beer and and led me to connecting with Jim, um, which led us to start working with um, lots of breweries, lots of other industry um, providers like uh, Keg Logistics providers, Hop, um, all the ingredients, um, you know, all those pieces as well. But breweries have always been at the core of what we do um, and then, you know, obviously, literally over a beer, Jim, believe it or not, it was over two years ago now. Um, oh, we, <laughs> yeah, we came up with this idea of, you know, how can people in our world um, get recognized for getting beer off the shelves? And it all kind of started from there and evolved into this massive um, awards program that, you know, thank God this year we were able to push globally and when we're seeing some amazing stuff pour in. And, and Jim, will you kind of dive into your uh, a little bit more uh, detail of, of your background uh, from the discussion you and I had uh, before this? It, it goes back a little, a little bit. Yeah, I'm a little bit older than Jackie, so yeah, my a little story, bit. <laughs> my story goes back quite a bit. And uh, similarly, I, I was in marketing. Uh, we did a lot of the Hollywood movie stuff uh, for about 17 years, and. On the side, I was actually helping build my friend's uh, brewing company. They were one of the first really in the country. That was like 1996, uh, the Blue Point Brewing Company in Patchock, Long Island. And um, for about 15 years um, on the side, I helped build that brand. And they got ranked, I think, the 32nd largest brewery in the country. And at that time, there was about 2,300 breweries so I decided to leave that Hollywood marketing uh, world and start a craft beverage marketing division. Uh, Jackie became uh, my partner in it. And uh, like she said, we started helping breweries and brewery related products across the country. And it was just a matter of time over the past eight years of going to these um, beer tasting award competitions where you know the brewers and the ingredients manufacturers were all celebrated but yet all of us on the marketing side, the people who did the illustration and the label design and the websites and the tap handles and the merchandise, even the designers of the tap rooms, like where was our recognition? And, and that's really how CBMAs was born out of necessity. We just thought it was time, um, as we all know, the craft beer industry is so prolific. Um, 
and has become such uh, an incredible uh, marketing and art based uh, product that we thought it was due time and we are the first in the world to do this well and with your history in the movie industry and obviously you know to distill that into its uh, 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 foundation you know basically just telling stories uh, if give me uh, give me your thoughts on you know it seems to me uh, just kind of loosely paying attention not really studying this stuff but it used to be back in the day that when we talked about advertising it was all about the jingle it was all about the 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 uh, tag phrase it was all about the logo and it seems that we've kind of gone more into a more storytelling um, kind of uh, focus when it comes to brand awareness and identity. Um, yeah. it, it, is that true? And if it's not, then please correct me. But will you speak to that a little bit, how marketing has shifted over the past few decades? It absolutely has. I mean, if you watch Mad Men and you're watching you know, advertising through the 60s and 70s, it was huge budget. If you didn't have tons of money to spend, you couldn't participate in that world. As time has shifted um, and technology has grown, that traditional, you know, what we call legacy media in our industry um, has, has faded a bit. And the price to put a TV commercial, produce it and get it on the air versus spending that same budget, like on a social media campaign, um, the technology has really opened up the door to do less expensive campaigns and highly targeted campaigns that get your messaging exactly to who it needs to get to. And, you know, we are dealing with alcohol, so there is sensitivities to that. And we do have a lot of parameters in this business that we have to adhere to, um, you know, from our labels having to be approved by the TTB uh, all the way down to just, you know, trying to be responsible and, uh, we've written many stories on how even the nostalgic marketing that's happening in the business can appeal to children and, um, you know, just being responsible in, in that nature is part of our job as well. Yeah, I think um, jumping off of what Jim was saying, in our industry, the creativity is unbelievable about how people are marketing the product. I mean, like he was just saying, the nostalgia factor, but it also comes down to you know, they're working with some of the top street artists to make the coolest can art. Um, you know, their videos have humor. They work for, they, they're going for supporting different causes. I mean, the thought behind so much more than what's in the can um, has evolved. And it's, it's really interesting to see what the next big thing's going to be. And the part two of that, Jeremy, is just it's definitely it has to do with budget. It has to do with technology, mm-hmm. but it also has to do with advertisers, um, Somewhere between Generation and X and Millennials, you know, a new sort of um, occurrence has happened and people want authenticity in their advertising. They want to be able to clearly see through with, before I buy this product, who are these people? What is their story? And that has become a critical factor, and I'm glad you surfaced that. Well, and and I I just remember uh, just getting used to the the commercials, the in, the interruptions, the uh, interruptive marketing is a phrase I've heard before, where it just you know you're watching a show and it would and then a commercial would come on and and you know you know some 
you know, slick tongued person would come on and try and sell you something you don't need. Um, but you know, fast forward, and and I don't remember the transition. I just re- all of a sudden realized one day that here we are. We have a story-driven marketing. We have purpose-driven marketing uh, with companies that you know. Uh, I, I refer to Patagonia all the time, where you know they're in the business uh, to solve this problem. They happen to just use board shorts and expensive jackets to do it. Um, Right. Is that how can breweries or people in the beer business use this new way of storytelling and 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 having a purpose, uh, you know, speaking to you know why they exist? How can they use that as a marketing uh, tool more effectively? Um, I'll, I'll let Jackie speak to this, but I, I think one of the things we open up with a lot of our clients is we help them own their own backyard first. And I think that yep. starts with good storytelling and to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where I was going to go, Jim. Um, you know, everybody has this big dream of, of being national or global. And we know that the competition is so fierce. I mean, fierce is a, is a heavy word in our industry, but, um, you know, it, it's high and there's a lot of breweries and a lot of beer going around. Um, and, for that consumer to walk down an aisle with hundreds of different cans and bottles, you know, how are they choosing? Um, the loyalty begins right where your location is. So we always tell our clients and um, people that we talk to in the industry that you have to start small. You have to get your loyal following within your, let's say, zip code or 10 zip codes around you. And then it will naturally happen where, you know, someone's going to go, to a different state, ask if they have XYZ beer, that restaurant's then going to go, what is that? Why do people keep asking for it? And it grows from that point. Um, the storytelling behind it will just grow even quicker um, if your backyard can relate to it. I mean, we worked with a client who was in a small town in Indiana, and they have such a cool history going back to, like, a red light district and a cool little story about a dog who waited for, you know, his owner to basically come back from the dead at his grave. I mean, there's so many cool things Mm -hmm. that they honed in on and now they're taking over. Um, You know, that's, that's a massive part of what the industry is doing. And, and I find, um, and, and I hopefully we'll talk about this in a minute, just seeing the can is like talking about design of uh, tap handles and and cans and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it still seems that word of mouth is by far the most valuable. Uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong. But it's uh, but to your point, you start with your backyard and just build up your fan base and let those fans go out mm-hmm. as acolytes of of the the good news of the great beer uh, coming from uh, brewery X Y or Z. Um, but if mm-hmm. I am visiting, uh, I think uh, you said Long Island, Jackie, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm visiting yep. Long Island and I've never I've never tasted any craft beer from one of the local breweries out there, and I'm going to the store, um, I you know I I understand beer styles, so I'll know what I'm looking for. But as far as mm-hmm. breweries are concerned, of course I could look up reviews on my phone, or I could just look at labels, and that's typically where we yep. go. Um, and I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, whether they're looking for wine or beer, that it's the label that speaks to them, and that's the liquid that they choose, and they become fans yep. or they don't, but they start with the label. Right. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. That was our biggest category uh, last year, and it, it continues to trend that way with the entries we're uh, 
receiving now. Jim can definitely speak more to the design as he is a designer, but um, that is a massive, massive factor. I think it would probably be the number one focus on marketing efforts in the industry. Hmm. It's so fractured and it's it's actually frightening in some regards to how complicated and challenging our job has become. Uh, no one's loyal anymore. That's the one thing. It's mm-hmm. not a terrible thing. We understand why none of our customers are loyal. We're not loyal. Uh, we used to be. I mean, there used to be a day when we'd open up that cooler door and there was our local brewery up the block. They were one of maybe five in the whole country. And we drank that beer for five or seven years. And then with the onslaught of so many breweries and so much new choice that it really did shift when you opened up that door, you needed to pick something new. So uh, we did. We're not even um, loyal to the same liquid. You know, we, we know that craft beer drinkers will go drink wine, will go drink spirits. And there's, and it's no, uh, no surprise with so much good wine, good, good uh, spirits, good sake, good anything coming out. So it, it, it almost seems it's even harder for you guys because, you know, you're just trying to keep them on a beer, let alone the beer you're trying to represent. Yeah, I mean, that, the one good thing is 62% of everybody's purchase um, for beer at the point of purchase um, is, is based on the packaging. So, you know, we're great at that, and um, that's a huge part of our success. Uh, but, yeah, on top of it, um, millennials are, are choosing outside of beer. We're lucky that uh, 46% of the time they're still going to choose beer. But, you know, there's wine, spirits, cocktails, mm-hmm. um, hard seltzer now that – have all entered the market in a big way, including cider and uh, mead. And, you know, the list is going to continue to grow. And that's why the craft beverage category has really become so explosive. And uh, so we've we've talked a little bit about uh, uh, doing right by your backyard or starting in your backyard. And, and of course, that that just kind of speaks to doing a good job, putting out a quality product, uh, com- uh, supporting your community, uh, not not being a dick. Um, you know, these are all fundamental things about starting a business and, and owning your backyard. Um, we've we've talked about telling a story and building a fan base. So, so let's talk a little bit about design. Um, you know, for you know, when I go to Long Island and I'm looking for that design that's going to say this is the best liquid on the shelf. Um, what are the the elements of package design or, or even tap handle design? Um, I guess that's a separate category. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about package design. What really draws people in? What what's some fundamentals there that we can learn? I mean, I, I'm a designer myself. I've been designing. I think I'm at 130 beer brands now over the years and. You know, those beer brands get printed, you know, a thousand, sometimes, you know, millions of times. So it's funny that the design itself is so prolific. But I, I consider when I'm designing something for one of my clients that I'm actually fishing. I'm fishing for their eyes. So whatever I design, it has to be like a fishing lure. So, of course, you have to figure out what that style of beer is that the client has and maybe what their story or their vision is for it. And then it's your job to, to bring that to life. Um, and one thing like I think our clients are lucky for is we're not just designers, you know, we're marketing experts. So what we're doing is creating, you know, packaging that's homogenous, um, that can be extended into other lines and that hit all the points that I think make a strong design 
which is, you know, stopping power. Mm-hmm. If somebody's walking by that shelf, you know, can you catch their eye? And then, you know, could, can you hold them? And that's when they have that can in your hand, is there something on either side of them that's gonna attract their attention? Because I mentioned 62% of the people will base their decision on the label, but 85% of that 62% said at the last second they would change their mind based on something exciting looking. So we, uh, we always have the opportunity, if that person is shopping for beer, that we can get them to purchase our, our product. And I've always told my clients that the first time they open up that cooler door and they reach in and grab your six pack out of everyone else's, I did my job. If they come back and buy you again, that's that's because you make good beer. And you know, every time I look at a beer aisle, and you know, I pay attention to the packaging. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of just really clean. There's a really a uh, lot of fancy. I mean, there's just just incredible art. And I want to talk about the artistry in a minute. Um, uh, but when it comes to package design, that speaks to me. Granted, there there's certain design elements that will speak to me, and they'll be completely different for someone next to me. Um, but I, I had the uh, opportunity a few years ago to go through a rebranding process and we were uh, it to kind of redo our can design uh, because the cans that we had, I mean, they looked like they all came from different breweries. It was horrible. Um, uh, but part of what we discussed and, and we actually pulled examples that were, that were really good. But you know, the, some of the things that I'm aware of is we want to make sure that the cans look like they belong to the same brewery um, that they're uh, clean, uh, that they stand out on the shelf as opposed to their uh, competitors. Um, they can tell a story uh, with a, a single image, which is difficult to do. Um, but in, in my unofficial uh, design checklist, it, you know, if if I if I look at that design and think, man, I want that T-shirt, then that's a good design. And there's a couple of them that that I. Um, that we looked at that I thought were great. Uh, like Jim, we talked about Maui Brewing. Their rebranding was just exceptional. Cigar City exceptional. was was awesome. Um, yeah. Great, great notion is just fun and exciting to do that. Um, but there's one beer from uh, Breakside Brewing in Portland. Their Stay West IPA. That you know, I, I'm I'm a old San Diego kid from growing up in the 70s and 80s, and that that design on that label just reminds me of like those old hang 10 style surf shirts and 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 when i saw that label it's like oh i'm getting this one how does that artistry affect us on a deeper emotional level it's a great point to bring up and and i think you've heard it before uh one of our categories is um nostalgic marketing Mm. and I think that one example of breweries who were tapping into our fondest childhood memories to sell us beer is genius and we also love it and we can't get enough of it so if it's a pink dinosaur on roller skates you know with a Sony Walkman and a and a ring pop and and a super soaker like you instantly get that oh, I, I was a teenager in the 90s. Like, I could identify with that. And there's like a, a literally a physical, warm, fuzzy feeling that comes along with nostalgia marketing that I think a lot of breweries that are taking advantage of now, including us. Mm. So design um, can go deeper. I, it's funny you mentioned the T-shirt thing because one of my college professors told me 
whatever design you make, doesn't matter what it's for, if you wouldn't wear that on a t-shirt, throw the design away. And that was like a key, um, a key learning for me and something I understood. So like, that's another part of it. Is it cool? Does somebody want to wear this? Would somebody want to, you know, show their friend and that's super important because uh, we talk about the beer label. There's also another factor now uh, back to the technology and that's micro moments. And 73% of people who are shopping for beer now are also referring to their phone at the point of sale. Mm. So they're like, oh wow, what's this new site? Or I haven't heard of it. Pop their phone on real quick, do a quick Google search. And if they you know, like what they see, there's a better chance they're gonna grab you. And, and Jackie, I want to hear from you, too, but let me just kind of add this little thing, too. Um, I don't know where I picked this up. A long time ago, I decided that... Um you know, you'll go to. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick on the Gap, for example. Um, uh, you know, we'll go in there and we'll pay twenty, thirty dollars for a T-shirt or sweatshirt or something like that, and we're gonna walk out and it's gonna say Gap right across the chest. And my thought has always been, wait a minute, I just paid them so that I can go out and do some marketing for them. Why aren't they paying me? Why aren't mm-hmm. they giving me the shirt for free? Um, because you know, I I'm not. I'm not trying to go out and be a, an advocate for this brand or that brand, but there are some brands where we have no problem doing that. Um, I referenced Patagonia earlier. I have no problem having Patagonia on my shirt or uh, Brewery X or Brewery Y because you know when I buy into the mission, when I buy into the the culture of that brand, then I have no problem representing it. it it's when I I'm not I'm not part of the tribe I'm, I, I feel like I'm the one getting ripped off because you know I'm, I'm paying to do them a favor w- what are your thoughts on that as far as kind of uh, buying into the culture and the tribe of a brand I've got a question for you how are you engaging with your customers are you adding value or just buying for attention if you have a business then you are an authority and should be regarded as a partner and everyone's mutual success. But getting that message across in the first place, that's the trick. At Mountain Sea Media, I use education and storytelling to keep your brand on top of mind. So if you're done with ineffective marketing and want to create more impact, I want Mountain Sea Media to be your resource for high-value branded content. Contact me at jeremy at mountainseamedia.com to explore the possibilities. After all, it's your story. I'll help you tell it. I think I think it's very real. Um, I think in our industry, though, it becomes more about industry. Um, you know, there's people who are going to sport T-shirts and hats from breweries all over the country. It's become sort of, you know how there are people who wanted to go to every MLB stadium in the country, mm-hmm. kind of like their bucket list. There are people taking craft beer vacations, and every state they go to, they're going to hit five or ten breweries, um, and then they're walking around their home state with that brewery logo on it. It's the same kind of idea, um, you know. We're paying twenty-two dollars for a great four or six pack at this point, um, and buying the twenty-dollar T-shirt and having it stamped on us. Um, so it, it does kind of work in the same way, but it's and Jim, I think you can agree with me that this industry is a little bit different. It's become more of like a support system than 
than anything else. It's a, it's a trendy thing to do to be a cool craft beer drinker um, and show off where you've been. It's funny you say that because, you know, craft beer was always moving fairly quickly. Uh, 1997 was when Blue Point Brewing opened. There was only 400 breweries in the country at that time. Um, and then you look, what is that, 17 years now, maybe 20 max? Um, there's 7,500 breweries in the country. So I don't know any other industry in the U.S. that has grown so exponentially. Um, and I, a lot of that growth came when millennials became drinking age. Mm-hmm. And they're still becoming drinking age for, I think, another four or five years. So all of a sudden you get this, you know, massive influx of millions and millions of young, new um, alcohol drinkers and here's this cool craft beer industry that comes with um, an awesome culture and a lifestyle that's so easy to buy into and then craft beer became this affordable luxury and you know what I've been drinking Bud through college and now I want to spend a little more money and get into an Imperial Stout or so millennials really did help the craft beer industry explode um, in recent years and, and continue to. Well, and um, let, me, let me I'm going to flip that on its head a little bit. If if, if uh, I can play a little devil's advocate uh, on purpose. Um, uh, so here we are. Uh, the craft brewing could let, let's just say for round numbers started in '80. We all know it kind of you know grew its roots before that, but let's just say it grew in '80. So here we are. What is that? Uh, Forty years later. Uh, by all right, the craft beer industry is in its midlife crisis, um, and if it were a uh, balding, waste expanding uh, man, you might be looking for a, a red sports car, a motorcycle, or something like that. Um, <laughs> Was, I feel right? personally attacked here, Jim. <laughs> well, hey, I'm I, I was describing myself, but um, but uh, so we're in good company. Um, so if if craft brewing is going through its uh, midlife crisis, and you know we did have that expansive growth, where I mean people were making money hand over fist and slapping high fives, and it's just like you know we are amazing. Well, everything is slowed down. Seltzer is is uh, is outpacing growth, um, and 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 the competition is to your word, uh, Jackie, is fierce. Um, and so now we're the liquid is good uh, for the most part. The liquid is good, but that's no longer the the way to stand out. So now now enter all the artists and and all the marketers to 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 tell the story as best they can and perhaps even have the loudest voice where are we going in the future uh, if that is true where are we going in the future with all of this i think you you've called it the way it is i craft beer industry is probably at a crossroads now i think we are moving as as a people into sort of a world health awareness movement um, and, and you're going to see a lot of new products that are going to speak to that. There's a slew of new alcohol-free beverages. So I mm-hmm. think the one good part is um, I'm assuming people have spent millions, you know, maybe billions on consumer research and that the taste or the desire for beer is not going away. So um, I know like in Europe, 
they have like a month where they don't drink. And from what I understand, their stadiums are alcohol free. So new products that are coming up, Jackie could attest to this at our last craft beer show, we had seen so many new vendors selling machinery that de-alcohols the liquid. So we were like, hmm. wait a minute, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> but look, right. for everybody, uh, I know a, a new brewery, Athletic Brewing, they're creating a full flavor, full line of alcoholic free beers. And um, who knows what the future is going to be, but uh, we only see more growth and um you know millennials i think make up like 57 percent of like the weekly craft beer drinkers but one thing mm -hmm. people underestimate is the 24 percent of gen x's that are drinking myself uh we drink less often but we drink twice as much so if you look at the actual scale millennials and gen x's are drinking the same amount of beer um so i think that could be another factor we might see in the next 10 years is Gen Xers are gonna probably start drinking less. Um, so these, these are factors that you know we're looking at and uh, trying to keep our finger on the pulse, and but it's not today, so. So, but do we as marketers, storytellers, uh, salespeople in the beer industry, do we have to work 10 times as hard now just to get incremental growth within the craft beer? I think we've had to the past, let's say, 10 years, especially the last five with the industry exploding. Um, you have to be different. You have to be new. You have to be exciting. And again, doesn't always mean the liquid. Um, people walking down the aisles need to stop and look at your label, read who you are. Um, it's just so different. The other piece of what, what Jim was saying that I think is interesting that we're seeing a big trend in is bigger breweries collaborating with the smaller guys um, that especially during this whole pandemic, we've seen a lot of collaborations happen, but um, you know, it, it's an interesting movement of breweries supporting others. Um, and I think we might see more of that coming as well as more keep popping up. Um, it's going to be who you know and who you're close with. And, and everybody in this industry is pretty cool with each other. Um, that's, an, that's another thing that, that we've been seeing and I think is going to continue to be a trend. And that I just think speaks volumes to the CBMA's um, categories. I think mm -hmm. we have, uh, uh, what's it, 34? 30, yeah, 34, 35. 34 yeah. categories. And they really um, run the gamut of everything that we deal with on the other side of the liquid. So can labels, bottle labels, the tap room design, tap handles, videos, websites, social media, um, the list goes on. So that was also part of it was like expose how much other stuff besides the brewing needs to get done to, to have a brand. And I think that's the exciting part. And it's exciting to see the camaraderie between the breweries um, as they compete. And now that we've um, integrated the global component, it, it's going to get really wild to see, you know, theoretically a brewery um, in South Africa um, go head to head with a brewery right here on Long Island. So that part we're excited to see. And um, I like all the cross exposure between the judges and the entrance and sponsors. 
Well, and that was, Jim, that was the perfect segue. I was trying to set you up to start talking about the CBMAs next. So um, give us a little rundown of how you get, what, sorry, what the CBMAs are and how you decided to get that started. I think you alluded to that in the beginning, but let's flesh that out a little bit. I'll, yeah, I'll just kickstart us here and Jackie can um, mm-hmm. finish it up. But uh, a couple years ago, Jackie and I had gone to just another uh, craft uh, beer awards competition, uh, which we love. And we said, how nice would it be if there was a, another component where they also invited up the people um, who designed that beer's label or tap handle or merchandise and I said, oh, well, maybe we just need to enter our work in a competition. And we did a quick Google search. And I mean, we were astounded that there wasn't even one. And we looked at each other and I said, are you ready for a side hustle? <laughs> both have jobs. Um, so we built the CBMAs on, on the side. We built it on the weekends and at night. It took about a year. But we invented the website and the whole back end and the judging platform um, and the best part is our Crushy Award, which uh, we worked with the same manufacturer who makes the Emmy Award and the MTV Moonman to just create this uh, super luxury, high-end, unique, and pretty cool award. Yeah, and and I will uh, hopefully uh, we can get a photo of that. And I'll put it in the show notes. It's a, it's cool. You've got a arm up there sticking up, just kind of like. Like a powerful arm, just grabbing a can and, and crushing it, and and uh, and very symbolic and, and literal at the same time. I, I I thought that was a really cool choice. Definitely, thank you. Um, it's been well received, and, and Jackie could speak to where it really got difficult, and it was the nuances of creating the back end to have a super secure um, way to rank the entries um, and also create the categories. Yeah, I mean, the judges have a tough job. Our, our panel of judges, first of all, last year was incredible. This year is even stronger. Um, you can see the whole panel on our website. Um, but the back end, you know, we've got people from across the industry, all different levels. We've got brewers. We've got marketers. We've got, um, you know, uh, media. We've got everybody you can think of in between on this judging panel all doing the same thing, you know, answering a few questions of how it impacts you, rating um, different elements of design, different elements of video uh, features, all of that kind of stuff into this system that then takes all of those votes and kind of tallies it up and, and shows us our winners. Um, last year, we had a few ties. Um, we had some that were like 0.2 off from each other. Um, it's it's an intense competition, um, but the work is absolutely unbelievable. What were uh, uh, what were the challenges when you guys got the started on the side, and, and you realized? Well, let me back up. Let me back up. Um, are there other mm-hmm. competitions for marketing in other industries? Yes, in other industries, yes. Okay, so you so you just saw a glaring, obvious gap that hey, wait a minute, we need something like this in our industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it was self-serving. I just wanted to win an award. I wanted to be recognized. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> it started with what about me? What about us? Like, <laughs> which is fair. Um, you know, we. But you know, 
obviously you created this not just so you can like give yourself a little blue ribbon that says I participated. Um, we're we're mm-hmm. looking for something that is obviously much bigger and and as self serving as as you claim it to be. Uh, you know, kidding kiddingly, of course. Um, you know, you created this thing that is bigger and helps you know serve this this gap that didn't that no one saw it. it it, it was underserved. As the, the all the artists that you know, people say, "Well, I I brew the beer, and that's what they come for." And it's the artists say, "Well, I drew the label that stood out on the shelf and caused uh, Jeremy from now Arizona to come to Long Island and pick this beer off the off the lineup." So, where's my award? Um, and so, you guys there's were building. No, the- um, there's no better example of exactly what you're talking about. If you visit the website and you go to the winners gallery. I mean, like every Saturday morning I get my coffee and I just, I hang out on that page and I scroll through and even as a designer, I'm blown away by what, what we see here. And if you check out some of the innovative stuff that breweries are doing for their flight boards and coasters and videos, it, that is something I thought I was incredibly surprised with is, um, being incredibly impressed by all of the uh, winners. Mm. Um, so as you built this uh, on, as a little side gig on the weekends and everything, what were some of the challenges that you had to surmount to actually get this thing out into the world? Uh, aside from being a team of two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like you work um, well together, so... Yeah, we do. Um, you know, it, it, luckily for us, we have a lot of industry connections. Um, our presenting sponsor, Hillebrand, has been phenomenal in supporting us as well as sharing our message with their customers um, and throughout the industry. So they were a big help in getting the initial um, idea up and running for sure. And then our judges, um, you know, friends from across the industry extending that message for the first year um, has been amazing. Global this year has been a a totally new challenge for us. Um, You know, trying to market our own program across the world um, is totally a new undertaking for us um, in this category. So, you know, there's been a lot, but we're very, very lucky that we have great friends in the industry who jumped on board um, and are really gung-ho about it and supporting us and, and just helping us spread the message. And, you know, the, the entries that we're getting this year obviously are hundreds more of, of different breweries that we've never even heard of from across the world. So it's working. Um, it's I'm not sure we've slept in two years, Jim, but uh, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> but, yeah, I think just overall the challenge always was – we, we don't know. This was a first for anyone. There was no precedent. There was no other reference that we could look to and say, how did they do it or when did they do it? We It took a lot of work and it took a lot of passion to, to get it uh, to the point it, it is now, which is a, a fully functioning um, competition. And so what are all the categories that are represented now? It's it's not just can design and and uh tap handle design. There there's quite a few categories. Mm-hmm. Can you if if you can list them all, that'd be great. But what are what are some of the what are some that uh, anyone who's listening thinks, "Ooh, I want to get into that." 
uh, but I'm not sure if I fit in. What are some of those categories that would be unexpected? Yeah, the unexpected ones, um, especially this year, we launched two new ones in, you know, reflecting on 2020. We've got pandemic marketing. Um, like I said before, there's been a lot of those cause-related um, pieces coming out. So, you know, we've got, you know, best can design related to the pandemic. There was a lot of that going on, as well as our other big category this year is human rights awareness. Um, you know, we've seen that obviously in the United States, but also across the world as a reflection of what is happening here. Um, so we've got, you know, a bunch of different campaigns under that category um, that people can enter. But some other pretty cool ones um, that we love, Coolest Tap Room um, was a big one last year. We saw some <laughs> pretty cool bucket list uh, spots oh, that yeah. we've added to ours. Um, Jim mentioned the retro branding. Um, that was awesome. You mentioned earlier something about a rebrand. You know, we've done a few of those, and we know how much work that is. Um, best Brewery Rebrand is a category. We dive into social. Um, Influencer of the Year was a big category last year. It's a really cool category. We've got merch, website, um, videos, everything you could think of down to logo. Um, so whatever you've got going on, check it out because we've got a category for it. <laughs> and one of the ones that's, I mean, there's a few that are kind of near and dear to my heart are the sustainable ones. And mm-hmm. our industry mm-hmm. obviously are um, pioneers in a lot of ways and have been um, as far as being more green over the years. And last year, I think somebody entered their brewery merchandise t-shirts are actually made from 100% recycled water bottles that are reclaimed from the ocean. And in the actual tag is like, you could find out where these bottles were sourced from in the Pacific. And I was like, I felt so warm to say, man, like, people are actually doing things that are going to change the world in our industry. Oh, that is amazing. I, I didn't know about that last example, and that, that's that's very near and dear to my heart, too. So I'll have to take a look at that. Um, yeah, but, but tap handles made from, you know, materials that they find in the woods. So I think our industry has their eye, you know, on this, and I, I love that part of it. Oh, that's great. Um, but it sounds like you're also doing uh, awards for media, too. And, you know, here I am, you know, I, I want to win an award, too, just like you, Jim. Um, but it sounds like you're doing mm-hmm. stuff for uh, podcasters. I, I, you know, I yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of great podcasts that are out there that I, that I listen to and that inspire me. And, and, and so hopefully I can uh, get those people to uh, submit um, because they, mm-hmm. they, they push me in, in what I'm doing as well. And that, that's the cool flip side. And I mean, even if you just Google search crushing winners and you'll see every winner got to promote it and they took pictures of them with their award. And mm-hmm. that is exactly the type of activity and behavior that we wanted because it's promotions. And yeah. a lot of our judges got picked up in our media last year and they were uh, presented in Forbes. So we also like to think that, you know, we're also doing good work to amplify their message, their brands, and their endeavors as well. Mm, that's great. Um, and so uh, if any of the listeners want to uh, get involved or submit uh, an entry, um, where can they go? That's the craftbeermarketingawards.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I will have a link in my show notes in, in case anyone uh, wants to uh, go that route as well. Yeah, please check it out, craftbeermarketingawards.com. 
Okay, and so um, um, is there anything that uh, that we didn't talk about that we should have? Uh, you you guys are the marketing experts. I'm, I'm just more of a, a fan of a marketing. I just want to give a shout out while we're here to all of our judges. We have over 330 from all around the world. And these folks are volunteering their time to uh, critique the entries. And uh, we couldn't do this competition without their support. Mm. Um, and also, like Jackie had mentioned before, our sponsors, please visit our sponsors page. They are some incredible businesses um, offering a lot of stuff in our industry that I think you'll be uh, interested in checking out. Wonderful. And and I do have some closing questions for you guys. Uh, and Jackie, I'll have you go first and, and Jim have you f- uh, follow up back and forth. But um, if if you could respectively be the uh, beer queen or king uh, of the beer world <laughs> for a day, what would you change? Oh, wow. Um, what would I change? Can I can I eliminate sours? <laughs> your, majesty, your majesty, you can do whatever you like. That's what I would do. I, I don't like when they take over a beer menu and I've got just a few other selections. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, say that again. What would you change? I would eliminate sours. For sours, sure. okay. Well, for all of us sour fans, yeah, you you heard the queen. Um, <laughs> we're I guess we're at, we're I guess we're SOL. Well. How about I Jim? Know, I'm, double double up on double IPAs and eliminate the sours. That's what I would do. We'll get her into it, Jeremy. <laughs> it sounds like we just unpacked Sorry. a completely different conversation. Um, Jim, if <laughs> if you were the king of the beer world for a day, what would you change? I mean, if I was just the king in general, I would get rid of this pandemic. Um, I, I know that we were just to like almost a utopia in the industry before this thing hit. And I, I know a lot of smaller, good people who are just uh, trying to make ends meet now. So I think as we move through this um, and things get back to normal, that's that's what I would love to see. And if I could be a part of that, I, I would. So one will take away and one of you will give to everyone. I, okay, so now, now I see how that's going to go. Um, if... Uh, if if you could choose your very last meal and your very last beer before you depart the earth, uh, Jackie, what would they be? Wow, these are these are hard hitters. Um, Thank you. Very ma- last meal. <laughs> very last meal is definitely I. My parents make fun of me all the time for this. So does my fiance. But I can't get enough of penne al vodka. That would be my final meal. And um, uh, last beer. Oh, that is so hard. I I've been drinking a lot of Flannel Friday from Harpoon. That's been my uh, last month or so. So I'll just say that. Wonderful. Yeah, for me, it would definitely be uh, some sort of Wagyu beef and some heady IPA, probably an Imperial. Because yeah, if you're going to go, you might as well go with a bang, right? You got to go with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so uh, the next question is, uh, given all of your experience in the industry and everything that you do and have done, 
in your opinion, why does good beer matter? Oh. Um, I mean, good beer is everything. If you if you randomly, like you were saying, you know, go up and down and, and choose something based on art and then you drink it and it's garbage, I mean, that reputation is is ruined for that brewery in your inner circle, um, which just continues to spread. Um, terrible analogy for this year. But, um, yeah, that good beer matters because as soon as you open that can and take a sip and it's awful, you're, you're toast. Hmm. I, I try to describe to these younger people, like when I was a kid, beer was called no frills. It was a six pack on a shelf with a white can and it just said no frills beer in black lettering. And I'm saying in my lifetime, I have seen, you know, Valhalla here on earth to go from that to what we have now in beer. Mm. So I don't even have to say it. The proof is in the pudding that good beer matters because it is life. Absolutely. Um, and we and we did just mention um, the uh, the website for the CBMAs. If anyone wanted to connect with you guys uh, to learn more about the CBMAs or to kind of talk about marketing? Is that something that uh, someone could do either through socials or, or anywhere else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, it's a very simple, you can email us. That's how open we are with everybody. It's just Jackie at craftbeermarketingawards.com or Jim at craftbeermarketingawards.com where we're literally the people behind the email, I promise. So yeah, uh, yeah any questions, we're here. And we have a new podcast that's coming out, so we're never done it. We've been on a few, and uh, I guess it's our turn now, so um, maybe you could be a guest on ours as well someday. Oh, I would love that. What is the name of your uh, uh, podcast? That's a good question. Just called CBMA <laughs> Podcast at the moment. But uh, it'll be all things marketing, beer-related. Maybe we should define that a little bit more, but... Um, this week should be our first one, and we'll have uh, celebrity uh, beer guy Zane Lamprey on to uh, kickstart us, so it's not so awkward. Awesome. So so that is an upcoming podcast. Correct. Oh, wonderful. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, please, uh, when you guys do have a, uh, a you know the name or where we can find it, let me know, and I'll stick that in the show notes as well. Thanks so much, Jeremy. And thank you for your support, and thanks for everything you do for beer. Um, it's a perfect yeah, example you. of all of us on the outside of the liquid uh, just trying to get it out there. Uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, one last question for you guys. Uh, do you have a kind of final words of wisdom or a call to action to share with anyone listening? I think I would just say the CBMAs was built for the sole purpose of honoring the people that do your marketing. Um, it's a, just a great way to amplify, you know, everything that they do for your brand. And uh, hopefully you guys crush it this year. Pun intended. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the Good Beer Matters podcast. I, I, I love the subject. I love... I love the the way that we can tell stories and and do a better job and get that message across and and you guys are are creating a 
a platform for those storytellers and those uh, designers and those those people who want to kind of share the vision uh, beyond the flavor, uh, kind of share that vision. You're giving them an opportunity to have their voices heard more loudly and and kind of give a give a little high five where it, it it's overdue. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I like to say that beer is full of craft and culture because beer is full of art, science, and history. Brewing beer is only half of the equation. If we're honest, most of us choose a new beer based on the label anyway. So when's the last time you raised your glass to salute the artist who put that beer in your hand? In the next episode, we visit with a previous guest on Good Beer Matters who has merged his passions of beer and chocolate. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and the experiences we create together. But it's also about better beer education so you can level up your game. So if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters podcast and go to goodbeermatters.net for more resources and next steps. After that, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.